What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. What is to be done about a president who fills us with dread and rage? Michael Walzer says it's time for political action, for commitment and participation in movement politics. He served as co-editor of Dissent magazine for more than three decades. He's also written for The New Republic, The New York Review, and recently for The Nation. He's Professor Emeritus at the Institute for Advanced Study in Princeton. He's written many books, recently A Foreign Policy for the Left. We talked about it here not long ago. And his new book is titled Political Action, A Practical Guide to Movement Politics. He's also an old teacher of mine and an old friend. Michael, welcome back. Thank you. Well, what is to be done, of course, is a classic question on the left. You provided... Your answer when you wrote this book, that was in 1971, the dark days when Nixon was president and the war in Vietnam seemed like it would never end. Now that book has been republished by New York Review Classics, so I guess that makes it official. The book is a classic. Yes, along with a few hundred other (laughs) classics. Okay. But 1971 and 2019 are obviously different, but... There are some similarities, at least for people on the left. Let's talk about that. Well, the crucial similarity is that we need to get off our backsides and into the streets, and we need to organize, we need to mobilize, we need to demonstrate, we need to do all of the things that um, some, that political the word political action defines. I actually wrote in the aftermath of the civil rights movement and the and the anti-war movement in a moment when th- we weren't sure what to do 70 and 71 was a time of when people on the left were were confused about what to do we thought we couldn't have a worse president than nixon we we thought that again with reagan we thought that again with the second bush and now we know <laughs> we know <laughs> It didn't feel at that moment in seventy seventy one. It didn't feel like it feels now. The the threat to American democracy seems much much greater today than any time in my in my lifetime, and that makes it especially important to to think about ways to think about ways to to organize. Um, and a lot of people are doing that. The resistance has many many elements. Indivisible is very 
important. The Women's March is very important. The Black Lives Matter is very important. There is a lot going on, and we need to talk about it, and we need to, to make it much bigger. Movement politics is what you recommend. That sounds great. But you say most people are innocent of the complications of political life. I'm quoting, they are unaware of the personal risks involved. What are the complications and the risks? You know, what, what I found in, 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 in the 60s was people join movements like um, the civil rights. We were picketing Woolworths in Cambridge, or we were knocking on doors um, against the, the war. People new to politics find the hostility they encounter enormously difficult, surprising. They are surprised. Politics is, a, is a contentious, is adversarial. You march on a picket line and people insult you in, in, in ways you've never heard yourself talked about like that. <laughs> okay. And that takes getting used to and we need, you, need to, you need to prepare people for that and you need to help them get through the first, the, the first response. And then, as we all know, anyone who has a history in left politics knows that conventional politics attracts conventional people and unconventional politics attracts unconventional people and you have to you have to deal with obsessives and, and, and zealots and crackpots who are good people, all of them, <laughs> and somehow have to be included, but also um, brought into um, accord with other people who, who, who are not crackpots or obsessives or zealots. There's a lot of diplomacy involved in politics, which I think also people don't don't understand. So there's the hostility, there's the zealotry, and then there's the apathy, the ignorance, and the not caring, and that's also surprising. Yes, yes. And uh, every political movement is also an educational movement. That's why you draft leaflets, you, you write pamphlets, you, you write statements that people can sign on to. You argue about what should be on the signs that you carry at a, at a demonstration. And all that is educational. You're, you are, that's what the union movement used to do for, for millions and millions of American workers. Movements are, are educational and they produce political activists, even minimally political voters, who are much more intelligent because of where they're coming from. You say in the book Political Action, there are only two kinds of politics. There's pressure politics around issues and electoral politics around candidates. We can try to change the policies or we can try to change the people who make the policies. Let's talk about our situation right now when everyone is looking at the candidates in the Democratic primaries. You can join the Bernie campaign or the Elizabeth Warren campaign or the Kamala Harris campaign, but that doesn't seem like the same thing as movement politics and community organizations around issues, although the Bernie campaign in 2016 looked and felt a lot like a movement. But is working in presidential primary campaigns what you have in mind right now? Um, it's important that some people do that. I'm, I am a strong believer in a division of labor okay. on the left, but um, it's also important that people 
pick issues and organize around particular issues. And then you can endorse a candidate who, who will tell you that he's going to support you on that issue. And then if he wins, you have to continue. You have to keep the pressure on him because he's unlikely to do everything that he promised to do. So you need you need a movement focused on student debt. You need a movement focused on police brutality. You need a movement focused on health care or women's rights. Or you you need movements that 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 focus attention and and mobilize support so that you can tell a candidate we can deliver votes to you. We can deliver workers for you if you commit yourself on this issue. And remember, once you win, we won't let up the pressure. Well, of course, the big issue right now on the left is the Green New Deal. And what makes it so radical is the way it combines the issues. The Green New Deal people argue that the way to win people to support action to reduce greenhouse gas emissions is to mobilize people to support jobs programs, health programs, education programs. And we have to do it all. We have to do it all at once. And we have to do it all right now. Uh, Mainstream people, uh, centrist liberals object and they say, let's focus on reducing carbon in the atmosphere. That's number one. That will be hard enough. I guess you could call this a choice between multi-issue politics and single-issue politics. Uh, how do we decide? How do you decide? Well, look, political parties are by definition multi-issue. They have to bring people together who are focused on, engaged with very, very different issues, who, people who have different interests. The party has to bring them together and has to produce a, a, a program. And I guess that's what the Green New Deal people who are Democrats are are trying to do. I worry about dispersing our energies. There was a very good question asked at the Politics and Prose bookstore just the other day when I was talking about this book. One of the things that happened that we did in the um, anti-war organizing in Cambridge, Massachusetts, we were knocking on doors, SDS-style community organizing, looking for people who would give us a living room where we could hold a meeting and invite people on the block. And we got Martin Luther King to come to Cambridge and knock on a door for us. He had just given a big anti-war speech in a New York church. And somebody asked me, was that a good thing for him to do? Should he have stuck with the uh, the civil rights movement, which is what most of the black Baptist preachers did? They were very, some of them were very critical of him for mixing in the anti-war movement. And I'm not sure. We were delighted that he came and knocked on a door for us, for the Cambridge Neighborhood Committee on Vietnam. But I'm not sure it was the right thing for, for him to do at that, at that moment. And it is true that, um, that the civil rights movement needed to sustain itself, and it wasn't at all clear that it was going to sustain itself in those late years of the 1960s. So I'm, 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 I'm not sure. I like the people who are pushing the Green New Deal. I'm not sure this is the the best strategy. Well, let me shift 
focus here to another thing you take up in your book, Political Action, meetings. Doing politics, first of all, means going to meetings. Tell us what makes for a good meeting and and why so many are not good. You know, we on on the left, we have we, we always have a problem of the activists, the militants, mostly young people who have a lot of time on their hands and who are eager and who, who know that they are absolutely necessary to the cause. And then the community people, as we used to call them, that we aim to mobilize and bring in who have families and jobs and not a lot of time. And they will come to a meeting and then miss a meeting or they'll come to a meeting and leave early. And the militants will stay and talk and talk and talk and pass the resolutions at the end when a lot of the people have left. And that's always a problem. And so we need to devise organizational structures that, that make room for full-scale participation, but also make room for partial participation and involve some forms of accountability, forms of representation. It's very, very important to, to, to find a way to sustain the, the energy and the commitment of people who have a lot of time and to hold on to the people who don't have a lot of time. Well, one of the keys to local work, of course, is canvassing. Talking to people face-to-face is probably the best way to get the sympathetic ones to take action and the apathetic ones to change their minds and the ignorant to find out what's happening. But canvassing is hard. There are many pitfalls. What have you learned about canvassing? Well, I've learned what you just said, that it is absolutely necessary and that the social media have not made it unnecessary. Uh, There's now a a literature about some of the um, movements that were produced without canvassing, without the slog, the slow work of building an organization and mobilizing people. And, and fundraising and creating a, an office that people can, get, can come to and finding people to do the scut work that an office requires. Something like what happened in Tahrir Square in Cairo, which was a mobilization that, that was not preceded by any kind of organization. It was all on the social media. It was incredibly successful. It produced moments of euphoria and it brought down a, a tyrannical regime, and then it died. It was the, the, the Facebook kids, as we called them, were capable of, of that achievement, which was remarkable. They were not capable of governing the country or even for competing seriously for a role in governing the country uh, because none of the organizational work that... that that I talk about and that all old union members know about, none of that had had been done. And I think Occupy was something like that. Occupy Occupy had ideological problems as well as the fact that it hadn't been preceded by uh, organizational work. Recruitment is one of the hard things to do, to, to find people who will commit themselves, who will not only join the picket line today, but we'll come back tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Let's talk also about demonstrating, another thing that movements and activists do. You say demonstrations don't always require large numbers of people. 
your demonstration doesn't have to equal the Women's March the day after Trump's inauguration. But wouldn't it be better if it did? Oh, yes. I mean, one of the reasons for recruiting and mobilizing is to demonstrate. You want to demonstrate your strength. And the strength, the strength of the right is in money, but the strength of the left is always in numbers. And yes, you need numbers. When we were picketing Woolworth stores, our big achievement, which we, which we thought of as a demonstration, at, at the height we were picketing 40 Woolworth stores while the kids in the South were sitting in at Woolworth lunch counters. 40 Woolworth stores with maybe 20 people at each picket line. That's 800 people. It's not an enormous number, but to get 800 people to come to a picket line, and they were often taunted and insulted and harassed, to get 800, that's a demonstration of strength. And it, 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 it was in our terms for our kind of movement. It was a big, it was a big demonstration. We've only got a minute or two left. Do you have any last words for us? Well, my last words, um, and I'm speaking now as, a, as a, a, an old person who doesn't have the energy he had 50 years ago, I think it is absolutely important, more important than it has ever been in my lifetime, that large numbers of American citizens commit themselves to the act of political work to the act of protest, to the act of constitutional defense, democratic defense. I, I would love to go on the offensive, and I hope we do soon, but my first worry right now is we, we can't lose. We, we have a lot of lost ground to make up. We have a lot of principles under threat to defend. And we've, we've got to do, we've got to go to work. We've got to go to work. Michael Walzer's new book is Political Action, A Practical Guide to Movement Politics. It's an invitation to commitment and participation. I wrote the introduction. Michael, thank you for this book, and thanks for talking with us today. Thank you, John. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.